0: This is channel 253 he will make more money if he if he gets a flawed initiative before the people they vote for it and the supreme court overturns it because then his next time around he can say look how they're all against me you need to give me even more money the court's corrupt and all of that and it's really for him he's making a lot of money running the initiatives it doesn't really matter whether probably they... not
1: that much money though if he's able to go steal chairs out of an office
0: depot i don't know what that so, was about know, that was crazy so.
2: Channel 253 is sponsored by Alaska Airlines. I'm Nate Bolling and I fly Alaska. To book your next trip, go to alaskaair.com.
0: Hi, this is Evelyn Lopez. Here we are day after the election, November, 2019. With Crossing Division, Tacoma's talk show in the beautiful Moon Yard Studios. With me today, Eric Hanberg Hello. and Justin Camerata. Hello, Evelyn. Hello. So last time the three of us got together, last November, it was Hulk Smash...
1: Hulk Smashing November 2018 election results or something. <laughs> and some know. electric boogaloo. Electric Hulk Smash 2 electric boogaloo. So what's, That's awesome. what's three? I don't know.
0: Uh... I think we're just going to have to do Hulk Smash. I haven't Smash. thought that far into okay, it. Okay. So from now on, because this is a thing, Hulk Smash 2019, and we just do the year.
1: We're just going to- But we're dropping the electric boogaloo, just to be clear we're on that. We're dropping
0: the electric boogaloo. All right. Okay. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to do some initial caveats, and then we're going to break down races local to national, correct? Okay. caveats. Sounds good. First caveat, these are initial returns only. So for local races, we expect some change, and we expect to see whether we're going to get that change tonight at, when does the ballot? Five o'clock,
1: I think. Five o'clock tonight? Well, usually it's before then, but the official answer is five.
0: Okay. So for those of you who are election aficionados, look for Pierce County Auditor to drop the next batch of results tonight by five o'clock, and that should give you a little bit of a clear picture of some of our closest races. Trends and things like that. Yeah. Uh, Initial thoughts before we get into breakdowns, a big surprise to you, Justin?
1: Uh, Not really any. Well, there were a few that I'd say kind of jumped out at me. Some Mm -hmm. of the city council races, I I expected there to be more of a delta, I think, on the Mm -hmm. affirmative action measure, and we'll dive more into that. But um, yeah, I think this is kind of more indicative of a number of trends that are happening at the national level. But I think we can dive into that more. Okay. Race by race level. Eric,
0: any initial surprises or thoughts or gut reactions? I I don't know if
3: there's any, like, big picture that I would take. Mm -hmm. Um, Some things went one clear way and some things went another clear way. So I don't know that there's a... Where last year it was easy to point to, like, a big blue wave. I, I think that there's not a clear – there's not a one clear through line yeah, for I all agree. of these elections. Well, the,
0: yeah, and we'll talk more about this. But the interesting thing to me is it's sort of like we get some really interesting news from national elections. But I don't really see that same trend in our local elections, and I'm not quite sure why that yeah, is. Yeah, it
1: didn't get particularly explosive this year like yeah. I expected it to. And I think that spoke somewhat to the candidates that were in the general election. I mm-hmm. think there was certainly – I. For me, being a former Port Commission candidate, I expected a lot more drama in the general yeah. than we actually saw. Yeah. Um, so I think that was kind of a surprise to me. But beyond that, I think, you know, us being in our little blue Democratic bubble, mm-hmm. sometimes we we miss where we fit into the broader picture of things. So mm-hmm. uh, I don't know that I have any big takeaways as far as, wow, we're really seeing a national shift here. So. Uh, but we can dive in into the results. Yeah, result. all right.
0: Well, let's uh, – because um, I have some thoughts on one of the city council races. But let's start with our localist, most local. Would that be Parks? Uh, sorry, sure. Parks?
3: Aaron Pointer was running unopposed. He won, obviously. Good job. <laughs> Tim Reed, uh, who has been in the seat, I think, like 24 years. Long time. Um, and, and was – I'm going to just say this. Do did it. not have a serious challenger. And I define that by the fact that he put Smiley – in his ballot line,
0: you know, here's the thing though. I thought that was actually their last name,
3: Smiley. I never it's knew. Smiley, isn't it? Or... No,
0: that was just his Smiley uh, maiden was... name.
3: But was then it? Smiley I guess it's Wiley, Wiley, and then he put Smiley in there. Yeah. And I don't know how you can expect to win if you put Smiley in your yeah. ballot line. I'm just going to say that.
1: I congratulate the victor, but I got to be honest. I did write in Zach Powers for that <laughs> uh, because Zach filed <laughs> had, a run. Had for filed a run, withdrew,
3: yeah. and uh, I, I was, uh, I had endorsed Zach. Yeah. Um, uh, Tim has been. Fine in the seat. Mm-hmm. Uh but after twenty four years I feel like you you should should have turnover.
0: Well I think that there's that's kind of a um I won't call it a, a theme because there may maybe a sub theme, but something I would like to, to hit on and that's kind of um I don't know that Tim is a boomer, but the sort of uh and I should admit I am a he I am might be the silent end of, generation, I'm, I'm not the quite end sure. Of, I'm the end of the boomers. I was born in sixty two, so and I think boomers ended sixty four. But um this kind of a, had a little bit of an okay boomer feel about some of these things. <laughs> you said it before
1: I did. I was, I getting, I was like, I well, want to say it's like, okay it's boomer. Like make it, some might make some, it might be an somewhere. early boomer. Like, I don't think you. Yeah, make some
0: generation. space. Make some space is kind of what I'm feeling for some of these races where people have been in for
1: Make a some time. space, I believe, is uh, the the rallying cry of an entire generation. So so Tim, a <laughs> couple generations now at this point. Yeah. So, so Tim won handily, um,
3: and that was our Metro Parks race.
0: Yeah. Okay. Any takeaways there? Looks like sort of... Calm, business usual? Uh,
3: Smiley Wiley,
0: so.
3: from what I can tell, didn't show up to anything. What was the actual percentage? Like 70-something to 20-something. Oh, okay. like that's it a was, blowout. It yeah. Was, yeah it, when Jess Smeal ran against him six years ago, she got much closer.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And Jess is actually Brent's husband. And, she, and yeah. yeah, exactly.
3: And she had she had actually worked, I think, a little bit harder.
0: Yeah. She ran for oh, legislature
1: yeah. once, too, I believe. She's run for Did a few she? things, I think. Okay. Yeah.
0: I didn't know that. So, school board?
1: Yeah. Okay.
0: So, here's my okay boomer, right? The Debbie Winskill-Lisa Keating race is, to me, infuriating. Right now, Debbie Winskill has a lead, but it's not by much. And I'm really hoping that the returns tonight show a shift in that. I think Lisa can pull it off still. I so, think there's... so
3: here are the numbers. Okay. Uh, Debbie Winskill is ahead 50.42% to 48.82%, which is like – one point, what five or six mm-hmm. percent? How
1: many votes are still outstanding as of right now?
3: Um, I'm not. My uh, ballot has not been counted. I checked this morning. Okay. okay. So. I mean, we're we're talking about eleven thousand five hundred four hundred votes difference here, and what I went to is I went back to the Metro Parks race that mm-hmm. Jesse Baines um, ran against Larry Dahl in 2015. Yeah. And you have a lot of similarities: younger progressive against someone who's been in the seat for a long time, um, and Citywide, also, I think mm-hmm. factors into that. Yes, and I I made a note. I had a note written down that I found that on that night Jesse Baines was down one hundred and twenty votes okay. on election night, mm-hmm. and he ended it up nine hundred.
0: Okay, so, so that, and
3: that that that's a thousand vote swing, and it's about three percent. Yeah, so I don't know if that dynamic carries, but it fe- it really feels like to me it carries. You've got a younger progressive. the The reason that it carries is is for for those listening is that younger voters tend to vote later progressive mm-hmm. and they're and they're, and they're more progressive mm-hmm. and so you add those things together so if there is a 3% swing even a 2% 2% swing would be enough to put lisa over the top
0: i think the other piece for lisa's race is for those of you who are supporters of lisa's campaign um, please consider that you may be called upon for ballot chasing yep and so let's talk about what ballot chasing is you so, want to go sure Justin? yeah so
1: at a very high level ballot chasing it It involves – I've only done it once or twice myself, but Mm -hmm. it basically involves going to voters where maybe the signature didn't match or there was something that caused it to not be counted. So if a campaign has the funds and they want to pay for it or they have the volunteers, they can chase down – People who maybe voted, but their vote wasn't counted correctly because the signature didn't match. So, if you want to get it to clean up the signature right. and have that vote counted, so
3: and you don't and and the important part is is that you don't know how someone voted. But the way that right. these campaigns work is is that if there was doorbelling, they look at right. people who they had positive responses mm-hmm. from. Maybe they look identified at, Lisa at, Keating supporters. Identified or, Lisa Keating supporters. You know someone who is a, demographically a young Democrat. Like they compare all of these things mm-hmm. and they try to figure out like who should we try to. Go to right, and 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 at times this people get really skeeved out by this process, mm-hmm. which I understand because like it feels like you're like you're know, really gin- in their business, right? Yeah, um, but it's it's making educated guesses about how yeah. someone voted, uh, and trying to get their signatures to clear. And sometimes it's enough to to if, if there's a what a 50-vote 50, 50 vote. Difference, sometimes it's enough to, to make that work. They
1: looked at doing this, I believe, in the primary of Connor McCarthy's race with Courtney Love, too. I mean, they did. They, they yeah, didn't need think, to in the end. Well, in the end, yeah, they didn't, but they originally were talking Who's about— Who's they in that situation? Uh, well, both Courtney's Courtney Love supporters. and Brett Johnson because yeah. they they were separated. I think Courtney wound up winning her seat by, like, 13 votes. Yeah, so, uh, you know, if the trends had originally held— They might not have been able to do that. So, yeah, yeah, definitely plan to sign up for it. I I think this race kind of frustrates me in some ways because while I still think Lisa can pull it off, in my opinion, the two hardest working campaigns in the entire city were Lisa Keating and Nath Lover. And as of right now, those are both down quite a bit. So uh, to me, you know, conventional wisdom has said in local politics, you win by, you know, having a great ground game. Just really hustling, making sure you're working harder than everybody else, and really nobody did that better than Lisa and Nath. I, I uh, think
3: the reason that she is so close to Debbie Winskill it reflects that I think the so incumbency too. advantage is so strong especially, especially here especially yeah. after 30 years in office especially with a low information yeah. race like a school board parks all of that mm-hmm. incumbency is even more powerful there
0: mm-hmm.
3: um, Metro parks and school districts should have term I th- limits I, th- but,
0: I, th- I they should have term limits I you know I used to not be a believer in term limits and I've completely changed my mind I'm,
3: I'm, I'm for term limits locally and not necessarily federal oh I you agree. Know,
1: you know, I, I'm kind of split on that. So usually I, I tend to support term limits overall as a concept, but if we look at the King County Council, for instance, Larry Gossett, he was uh, voted out of office yesterday and he lost to a young progressive man of color who challenged him uh, from the left. And, you know, to me, it shows that sometimes people are happy with their, their electeds, but, you know, if you get to a point where you're too complacent or you're too comfortable or people just feel like they're ready for change, right. then- Somebody can come in and take them out. So it, it's kind of a mixed bag. I, I think at the same time, when I look at our current council and the results last night, uh, we're losing a couple of good city council members. And yeah. for one race in particular, my own opinion here, I don't think it's an improvement. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, is it better to just arbitrarily throw out somebody who's good at their job too?
0: Well, I, I, I hear what you're saying, but I just think that this race to me, the Winskill Keating race, shows me the true power of an incumbency um no campaign reporting by Winskill because she ran an under $5,000 campaign a few signs signs were around town that's literally it she didn't show up to right. most of the forums that I went to so really it's kind of a I will tell you nothing about my race except you will recognize my name from year after year after 30 year. years or something so and that than, to me is years, and, years. and to me that's sort of like I don't feel and I don't, and I'm not a parent, so at least I don't have a direct investment. But I don't feel that that is a particularly good service to the people of Tacoma.
1: What's the spread of how Lisa's doing now compared to? Because last time uh, Debbie Winskill ran, she was up against Dexter Gordon. I think, I think that she, was a I think blowout. Th- she,
3: she, it was at least
1: ten percent. of So more. okay, so you could at least make the argument then that you know it's it's progress, I guess. I oh, mean, I Lisa's... absolutely
0: think that Lisa's I, hustle Le- shows
1: here. It her her
3: hustle shows and. Uh, dynamics of the district have changed you know the letter that that uh debbie winskill refused to sign about uh jen
0: yeah so
1: there,
3: there were a lot of things that happened over the year where i think
1: do you think that that issue actually was an issue to most voters I, i'm guessing most voters no. had no idea what what was going no on there. i i no. i think that that's so that's fair we're pulling for lisa i i still am remaining optimistic that she can still win this but yeah. i i would have liked a much bigger margin of victory for it, her it would
3: have I think that she can still win. And I know making predictions, you know, the day after Election Day is risky. But I think that that's a margin that can be overcome either through the trends of more progressive younger voters or a ballot chase or some combination. Mm -hmm. The other one is Enrique Leone. Yeah. uh, Who is uh, beating Christopher Kearns uh, handily 64 percent to 34 percent. And that's
0: a great thing Um, for the school board.
3: And that seems uh, I I got to know Enrique for the first. Well, not get to know, but I met him for the first time at a June. Uh, adult Civics Happy Hour, mm-hmm. and he spoke very well about uh,
0: uh, the school board. He did. He did. I thought. I think he's a very impressive candidate. I'm really pleased that he's on the on the school board. I think um, the school board right now is very very high quality members.
1: Christopher Kerns, uh, he it's I thought it was funny after Karen Vial passed away and there was mm-hmm. an opening for appointment to that seat. While still an active candidate, he actually applied for the vacancy also, yeah. which I thought, I thought was that... a really bad look. And that was a bad look. Oh, did you think so? It didn't really bother me. Uh, I think I mean it was a it was a tacit implication, implicit. I'm losing my train of thought here. Yeah. <laughs> tacit uh, admission that he wasn't going to win the win the race. Yeah. but I just thought it wasn't a good look at all. Oh,
0: it didn't bother me that way, but. You know, I don't, didn't do him much good either. I will sure. say it didn't help his race at all to have the school board look at him and say, we'd, we'd prefer not. Thank you.
3: That's a good point. You know, I yeah. mean,
0: that's not great. That's a good point. <laughs> but, OK, let's move uh, city council. Talk about the incumbents first.
3: Uh, should, should we do – where do you want to start?
0: Let's start with uh, Keith Blocker.
3: So I'm uh, I've got the 22 page PDF open. Uh, thank you, uh, Pierce County Auditor uh, um, Keith Blocker is winning uh, in District Three. This is Central Tacoma and a little bit of South Tacoma, um, 62% to 36% versus David Combs. Yeah. Um, and this is one of those times where it's worth keeping in mind. Um, this is a this is a big deal city council seat. This had a lot of you know a lot of attention. It's two thousand votes to eleven 1, hundred votes. Like these are yeah. small, they're small numbers, reasons. small numbers um, that uh, that have an outsized impact. So if yeah. if um, that's probably a lot of people who aren't uh, turn out. It says at this point is sixteen point eleven percent in that that's district. Low. Yeah, um, and there's still ones to be counted, but mm-hmm. um, these are really low numbers for as much attention and and yeah. Yeah. money. Yeah, I mean,
1: unfortunately, him. Tacoma does tend to follow some national trends of. Lower incomes correlate with lower turnout. We've mm-hmm. seen that played out in multiple races in the past. So not totally surprised at that, but also not totally surprised at, at Keith being well, reelected. Even, I mean,
3: even uh, you know, District 1, John, uh, John Hines, Nath Lover, John Hines, 3,600 votes, Nath Laver, 2,900 votes. I mean, yeah, like, that's like, like for for a district, very small districts percent. are – are uh, that one was 24 percent turnout. So like, mm-hmm. like these are small districts and it's easy to think about city council – they're all the same yeah. you know but but like the districts represent relatively small numbers of, mm-hmm. of people
0: well and in theory that's why if you're running in a district race, you should be able to make a significant impact by your doorbelling because yep. you can actually get to you the can doors. actually doorbell the district yeah um, let's talk about um, oh j- just just yeah. to add to that mm-hmm. um,
3: Keith blocker as the incumbent held you know held on and I I thought it might have been closer. I figured Keith was gonna win. Um, but David did run a pretty good campaign. I
0: thought David ran a very good campaign. And I actually think, you know, 36% is a pretty decent showing.
3: He could easily, you know, in four years, probably run again if he wanted
0: I to. I think if he wants to. I think one of the things that probably hampered him, I, I, I don't think that, I think there may be some dissatisfaction with Keith, but in general, I think people are satisfied. By him, I think people I, like
1: I, him. I, I felt like feel good about I, I really him. like Keith. I felt yeah. like most of Keith's detractors, if there were any, were people outside of his district, and well, there's that, but, uh, or people who were impacted
3: by like the homelessness of
1: people. Yeah, or but or yeah. you like know, that. even that though, I I felt like, and I'm a little biased here. I did support Keith, and I like David; he's a good guy. But I I supported Keith, and I got to serve on the city council with him, so I got a firsthand look at mm-hmm. what he's about and what he does, and I think I think Keith bore. More of the blame than that, and, and I noticed nobody likes to blame the at-large council members mm-hmm. the way they like to blame Keith Blocker, interesting. Uh, which I find
0: that is interesting. Yeah,
1: both a little unfair, and perhaps uh, you know, if you if you take a look at it, let's just be objective here. Uh, he's the he's the council member of color. Right. They're not blaming the white council members who don't live in hilltop. Well,
0: when you're blaming for the hilltop conditions. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's just
1: it's. I don't think it's a, a fair or equitable way to look at it. And yeah. I think. When you look at national trends of homelessness right now and housing affordability, this is a big problem. And um, certainly you can have a discussion about, you know, what the appropriate response from the city is or anything like that. But I, I think Keith got more of the heat than he needed for that. But, um, yeah, ultimately I knew he was going to – I think if David, if David had a flaw in his campaign as a challenger – said he was maybe a little too hilltop focused. Yeah. District three is really big. It is big. Um the population, I mean there's parts of the
3: mall, right? Yeah, yeah parts
1: parts of the mall neighborhood, parts of central Tacoma, yeah. there's a lot of people in between. And uh, really the hilltop strip, it's very important and it's it's something that I think the city really needs to try to get right. Um but I I think like you're leaving out the majority of the district if you only focus on hilltop.
0: Yeah. I think there's a lesson there that also applies to Connor McCarthy's race, and that is that what people are saying is, where where are our city council people? We don't see them, and I don't know exactly, you know, what that means. If you're on the city council, how do you effectively, you know, it's really a part time gig. How do you effectively um, let your constituent, you know, meet your constituents out and about so that they feel that you are where are you knowledgeable? hearing
3: that? Because that's not a sense that I'd gotten.
0: I got that a lot from Keith Blocker. You know, we don't he's not here, he oh. doesn't show up to things, and I and I see it very, very much so for Conor McCarthy. I don't s I did not see it as much on Ryan Mello. Um Because Ryan Mellow's everywhere. Because he's everywhere, because he shows up to everything. And uh and I didn't get the sense and you know, people will say it about Robert Thomas, but that's sort of a, a general hmm. thing for him. I,
3: I do think, in general, Tacoma elected officials are very accessible. Absolutely, they're versus other cities. I think they're cities.
0: totally accessible. Yeah. I think the question is: is try to get is, all your
1: Seattle city council members to go to your random event, and that's well, going to be a lot harder.
0: Yeah, this is the thing. It's it's really it's really more of an art form than anything else, and that's the sort mm. of like, what do you expect? What do you expect to see? You do expect people to show up and be seen at the Hilltop Street Festival. You do expect to there. see people show yeah. up. I mean, he was there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, you know, what I do think, though, that I, I hear it a lot, and uh, but I don't always know what people are talking about.
1: Yeah, that's interesting. I think also some of the people that say that kind of thing are looking for an excuse to not support him anyway. I that mean, could be. Um, you know, I, I think a good example would be, you know, some of the folks that maybe wanted him to come to a, a No LNG event. Sure. Yeah. Um, those are people that didn't like Keith Blocker anyway. So, you know, is he gonna yeah. is he gonna be excited to go to an event where
0: he's gonna be? Yeah, and or I, he I would, say that's, with it. I would yeah.
1: say that's true of every council member or any any individual. Why would hmm. you want to willingly go where you feel like you're not gonna be well received? So,
0: yeah, hmm. I I don't disagree with that, and I actually think the LNG thing has another layer. I think that the city attorneys have instructed the council members to keep a real low profile on that, um, and I think that that is a I think that I mean I'll say I think that's bad advice. And I think it's a problem for our city government. But I also think that that's what they have been told. Hmm. That's interesting. Yeah. So, McCarthy, what about his? Uh, uh,
3: Connor McCarthy winning 71% rent. to 27%. So, uh, really, um, not a surprise there. In terms of
0: now, this. here's an interesting from the campaign finance perspective. Yeah. One of the things I had been saying and i have been wondering about was why is Connor doing so much fundraising? You know, he's facing a candidate who has about a thousand bucks in the bank, right? Who's not going right. to be able to do that. Name
1: recognition for everyone she who's, a, name who's recognition. a fan of Courtney Love. <laughs> she got a lot of media too. I noticed this time yeah. around compared to uh the last time he had a challenger. I mean, she was she was written about pretty extensively actually.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so I, yeah. But he, yeah, sorry. Yeah. Go ahead.
0: No. So, I mean, it's just she really didn't have any resources, but he was raising money up until two weeks ago. And so I thought he's really raising money to you know, put a war chest together and to do a campaign surplus fund, and then he'll use it for some future race for something we don't know what. That's he's not what he's done. He spent, spent most of it. He yeah. spent almost all of it. So he spent almost $80,000 on this race to run against someone who, well, she does have a catchy name.
1: Was probably not going to win.
0: Was not going to win. So who? I don't know. That's interesting. It's
1: it's really tough. I mean, I mean, the city council. I I got to serve in the job for seven months last year, and it's at this weird transitionary point right now where it should be a full time job, and mm-hmm. the council members, in my opinion, should be getting paid a full time salary. Mm-hmm. The the forty k part or forty five k part time council member thing. I think it's frankly a relic of a of a past era. Yeah. And Tacoma is growing and changing a lot. And I think a lot of people are just trying to figure out what their next step is and what they're going to be doing. But nearly every council member right now either has another job Mm -hmm. or they have a spouse who's, you know, really helping support what they're trying to do or they or they don't really need the money. They're doing this just because it's something they're they're passionate about. And, you know, if you want to attract more candidates, uh, you need to make it so that it's full time and it pays more oh, I agree. and it's just it, it's crazy to me that we're still having this this kind of model i think long term we need we, to get we, out of that we
3: only went to a full time mayor you know Recently. in the 2000s yeah. right um, so it's it's uh but even
1: the past few years think of how many more people have moved here this has become yeah. a major Housing Center, we're now the still one of the hottest housing markets in the United States. Is that a
3: charter review that needs to happen or is that something that the council can so do? So the them?
1: after the last charter review, they established a salary review commission that mm. I believe meets every I don't remember if it's every year or two years or something, kind of takes a look at compensation and what they expect of it. And officially the job is categorized as part time. Right. You know, unofficially, a council member can easily do forty, fifty hours mm-hmm. a week just sure. of that, plus their other job. Um, and that also goes to the other thing you brought up right, about the showing up. You you didn't show up, yeah, because I'm also at another job, or right. I've got yeah. the other things going on too. So I think we just need to look at the whole entire model. But you know it, how this relates to Connor's raising and spending. I, I don't know really where I was yeah. going with this, mm-hmm. but I think it it does it does make it to this point of like, well, you can raise the money, and he obviously had a lot of support and mm-hmm. a lot of a lot of people and a lot of organizations and institutions liked him. Um but we need to start thinking about longer term. I agree. How do we make it so you can win a seat without doing that? Yeah. And you know, have the time and the resources needed to successfully do the job. Yeah.
0: It's not good for anyone if your races require you to raise eighty thousand dollars to get a part time city council position. Hmm. I mean I, I don't think that's healthy. Because what's going to happen is you're going to have the only people who can run for it are the people who either have connections so they can raise the institutional money or something else. um, Or maybe they're independently wealthy.
1: Yeah. You know, in Seattle, it's a full-time city council member. Mm -hmm. They're paid, I believe, around $100,000 a year. Yeah, I think so. uh, And they have staffers helping them delegate all this Mm -hmm. work. So city council here has staff that's shared among council members. So that's – they they do have that, but it's a whole different set of considerations. But I think it's
0: it's hard. I mean, it's really you're you're right. Tacoma's in a transition period because it's not Seattle. I right. mean, Seattle's gigantic compared to Tacoma, but it's also not Chehalis. Yep,
3: right? and it's not Tacoma twenty years ago
0: either. It's not Tacoma twenty years ago. Yeah. The
3: so, other the other city uh, wide race was uh, Christina Walker and mm-hmm. John O'Laughlin. Uh, Christina is winning, I'd say, fairly convincingly. fifty six percent to forty two percent for John O'Laughlin. Um, And that's citywide. Yeah. And I'm very excited about that. I think incredibly highly of Christina. Yep. Um, And
1: I'm so excited that she is going to be on uh, city council.
0: No, I think that's a a nice outcome for the city. I I think think she'll do a good job.
1: Especially losing Ryan Mello, it's good that we have somebody that's that strong of a transportation and uh, mobility expert. So I think that's going to be really good to see what she can do there.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think actually the 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 tricky part for Christina is going to be what I think about for like David Bow. Like Christina is really good at, you know, like looking at a street and saying like these are the street improvements that would help it. And David Bowe is really good at looking at it building codes and saying these are the improvements right. that would help it. And this is the kind of position where you have to be a way higher view than that sometimes. Yeah. Um, I think I mean I, I'm not at all saying like she can't do that because I've seen her do that as yeah. well. but like sometimes I think like David Bo got really frustrated yes. like because he wanted to be in the weeds like that and it's it's hard to be when you're on council. And so it's it's a tricky balance for someone who is so knowledgeable mm-hmm. um, to 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 not just try to be like reviewing every line of code.
0: Yeah. I think it's uh, I think it's I think it's coming at exactly the right time for Christina. Um, both in terms of age and where she's at in her career, it makes perfect sense to sort of see how does this next piece, the governing of a city, work and sort of learn that and conquer that. And so I don't think she would have some of the same issues that David Bow had, where he really is uh, an extreme expert. Mm -hmm. And I think it was very difficult for him to sort of be in the um, position of being a a, a, sort of a legislative leadership type thing where you're supposed to be taking all sorts of information in, even bad information right and uh and i think it
1: she, she's gonna a she's gonna be great i, I think I, I have no no doubt of that i think it's cool too that now there's there's more women on the council and yes. she is now the one woman with school-aged children
0: yes on the
1: council the the other three don't have school-aged children And right now katherine Oshka's mm-hmm. kids are older and um so yeah. so i think that adds a needed yep. perspective i think that's Absolutely. helpful yeah. i think
0: that's good so uh heinz and lover
3: John Hines. Uh, this is District One, which is uh, North Tacoma. John Hines is winning 3,600 votes. Nath Laver 2,900 votes. That's a 54 to 40, 50 almost 55 percent for John Hines, to about 44.72 for Nath Laver.
0: Yeah, and I will say I would and I will wait until there's a new ballot drop tonight to see. But I, I, we have never seen a deficit like that made up.
3: That's a really that. Where what I was saying, I mean, a thousand votes citywide is doable. Yeah, um, and this is less than that. It's it would be really hard, I yeah. think, for Nate to come to to overcome that. I and and the the dynamics where it's like a young progressive versus an older person who's been mm-hmm. in the seat, someone who's clearly more progressive than the other person, it's just not the same here. This, I don't think
1: this is the other race besides Lisa's where this really was about ground game and hard yeah. work and. Unlike in Lisa's case where she was challenging an incumbent, this is now an open seat. Mm-hmm. So, Nath really, I, in my opinion, nobody had a better ground game than him. I, I think his final count, he hit like over 15,000 doors. Right. Uh, he he just ran a really good old-fashioned on-the-ground organizing kind of campaign. So, I'm really disappointed to see this result so far still you know, we'll see if we'll see if it can turn I, I, around. I've but. been
3: really close to Nate for a while, and I w- I was also it's, disappointed. It's, I think John will be fine, but I was really sad. I about
0: I Nath. I have concerns, to be honest. I mean, um, I think John is fine as an individual, but I I'm really concerned about some of the groups that came out to put money into his campaign. Um, you know, concerned taxpayers of Washington, the, the other all, the, all the, the other candidates they supported were before the primary was, and, uh and, Was that a Keller.
3: Anti-Nath more than pro-John I assume so. Donation yeah. Yeah. You I mean, they, I those so.
0: guys
1: got involved in quite a few races. Yeah, yeah
0: I assume so. I think Nath's profile of being his union background really um, caused them, them to freak yeah. out. Yeah, But you don't put money in for someone unless you are reasonably confident that they are going to be someone that you will be happy working with. And I don't think that's necessarily a horrible thing. It just makes me a little uncomfortable. It makes me a little uncomfortable that we have the real estate money coming in because they perceive John Hines as not being a, rent, a renter advocate, not being a tenant advocate, that the concerned taxpayers are coming in because they perceive John as not being a labor advocate, not being a $15 an hour type person. And I just think, well, then what is John I don't know because he doesn't say very much in his campaign. He's been talking about potholes.
1: You know, I I was talking about this. I don't remember who it was with, but we were discussing how council races in 2019 there were no candidates. Uh, I think it was a city club forum I actually attended mm-hmm. with. I, I believe you were there too, Evelyn. Um, but it was it was every single candidate was basically saying we need to build more housing and we need to uh, you know do some up zoning and allow mm-hmm. DADUs and all these things that even a few years ago, that might've been controversial. And when I think back, John ran in 2015, he challenged Anders Ibsen. Uh, and they, they largely agreed on a lot of things that mm-hmm. race really came down to, uh, the council at the time being like, we like John more than we like Anders and, Oh, we need to have one policy differentiator. So, Hey, John, go talk to the four Proctor people who don't want new apartments to go up. So mm-hmm. he, he seems to have disavowed that position at this point, And, mm-hmm. I'm hoping that is a genuine evolution, and that he he recognizes you don't get out of housing affordability problems by limiting new construction. But I am I am a little concerned that such a drastic shift happened in a short period when the seat was open. So, mm. um, so John, if you're listening to this, uh, congratulations. But I I do hope you will you will continue to be a voice for new housing in District One.
3: Something I think is interesting, just to flag with John. Um Many people have a perception that, like, the way to become on the city council is, like, run and lose, run and lose, and eventually you get it. And, like, most people that is not the case because you lose right. and you're like, I'm not doing that again. Right. And there's very few people who run and lose and then run and win. And John True. is one of those few. Uh, and then Marty Campbell who ran mm-hmm. citywide and then lost that seat and then ran right. in his district. And and so I think it, it's it's interesting – it shows there's a lot of interest on his part. There's a lot of dedication because to come come back from a loss, like there there's it's hard. It's it really hard. hard for people. Yeah. Um. And and he did it, which is uh, again an unusual. Yeah. Th- people think it's the norm, but it's really not. It's it's, yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, and I and I'll and although I have I have heard people say you know he had that name recognition of having run the last time, I would I would previously have said I can't imagine that that really counts for all that.
1: Yeah, much. I don't think it does. But I don't know. I
0: think it helped and Ang. Yeah, I think, I think it gave did. her some
1: countywide name recognition. Yeah. Kristen um, also uh she ran a better campaign, I think, this time around. She was that's true. She she's wasn't a newbie anymore and yeah. she had consultants and she had serious fundraising. And she frankly had uh well, maybe I shouldn't say a weak opponent, but I think she she also had a different kind of challenger than she might have had if Shelly Schlumpf had made it through the primary. But, mm-hmm. We can get to that race.
0: Well, uh, let's go back to city council real quickly to say all of the city council members who won were endorsed by the chamber. All of them. Heinz and Lauver had a joint endorsement. Um, Walker and O'Laughlin had a joint endorsement. Uh, McCarthy and Blocker So, endorsed. So
3: 10 years ago when Tom Pearson became the director of the chamber, it seemed like they were trying to be like a tea party chamber, if mm-hmm. for lack of a better word. like you know, anti tax, anti you know, like like he ran as a Republican like, for like legislative. It, it was it that. was a yeah. w- which makes sense. He's the head yeah. of the chamber. Um they have since really changed, I think, their legislative tactics and are trying to influence the city council in a pro business democrat sort of way, in mm-hmm. a different way than just like, you know, over my dead body kind of thing. Yeah. Um I, I feel like their their tactic has changed. Um they supported, you know, uh, Mayor Strickland's ten-year uh, road improvement tax. Yes, yes. Um, they supported sometimes of three, I believe. I've, so, uh, so th- they they have really to changed their shift their shift in their mm-hmm. strategy in a way where they used to be just like absolutely no tax, right. no Democrats, um, and I think they've actually become much more effective.
0: I think they of have, that. and I will say the fact that they would did, did dual endorsements in a couple of races, I thought was good because I think it's sort of like they're saying to the world. Look, these are reasonable people. You know, we're not going to quibble over reasonable candidates. It could
1: also be interpreted as hedging your bets. Either it or could or also just, be hedging just your playing bets. It safe. I mean, they yeah. they endorsed the incumbents and figured that they weren't totally opposed to the other mm-hmm. four but candidates for the open seats. In
3: in terms of Tacoma, I've always thought about the power as you know, like like old money in Tacoma, mm-hmm. labor, and the chamber, and they're they've always been a power center for yes. for elections and politics. Um, but I do think it's worth pointing out like they've gotten actually much more effective at it mm-hmm. um, because they are not trying to go tea party on them they yeah, yeah,
0: well, I think Tea Party would not work.
3: They tried it. It, uh, it
1: failed miserably. yeah, but um,
0: i but I do think that they're not necessarily the source of innovation either. so that's I don't know that I would say. argue
1: that it failed miserably. I mean, when you look at the fifteen dollars minimum wage measure a couple of years ago, you remember that we wound up getting a twelve dollars mm-hmm. eventually, which they supported you're right, but they they were part of creating that as a response to fifteen now, and they what was funny was they actually spent their time advocating for twelve now. It wasn't like they were saying vote no on a minimum wage, and then you will you know and then if you must I, do twelve dollars he was actually saying
3: I, I think a tea party quote unquote tea party would have uh vote you know no no minimum wage increase at all
1: right you know, mm-hmm.
0: et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Anyway. all right so Are we done with City Council? I think we're done with City Council. Let's take a short break.
2: This is Alaska Airlines Mileage Plan MVP, Nate Bowling, host of the Channel 253 sister podcast, Nerd Farmer. Hope and I are setting off on a new adventure. We're moving to the Middle East for the next few years and exploring a new culture. Don't worry, don't worry. The Nerd Farmer podcast isn't going anywhere. But do you know what is coming with us? My Alaska Airlines Mileage Plan. Here's what's cool. Alaska has more than 15 global partners which allows me to earn and use Alaska miles even when I'm not flying Alaska. So if I leave SeaTac and fly direct to Dubai on Emirates on an eligible fare, I'm going to earn Alaska miles on that flight. That means whenever I fly home, I'm going to be racking up some insane miles that I can use to book future travel. If you have an international vacation plan, check out the list of Alaska airline partners like Japan Airlines, British Airways, Cathay Pacific, Qantas, and a whole lot more. Enter your Alaska Airlines mileage plan number when you book with Alaska Global Partners and watch those miles add up toward elite status on your next trip. My thanks to Alaska Airlines for their continued support of Channel 253. Learn more at AlaskaAir.com backslash global partners.
0: All right, we are back with our 2019 Hulk Smash review of local elections. No Navy electric National. boogaloo. No electric boogaloo this time. We're not feeling the boogaloo. So I'm not anyway. So uh, (laughs) let's talk about the port.
3: Yeah. So there were two races up uh, for port. Um, We can start with uh, Deanna Keller and Frank Boykin. Deanna Keller, 58%. Frank, 41%. Ride-ins, 686. I think that's uh, all of Justin's supporters.
1: Probably. uh, Uh, We did notice that there were more ride-ins in my race than in Kristen's. (laughs) Yeah. Make of that what you will.
0: I will say I heard Justin tell... Quite a few people. Yes. A write in for me is just a vote for Deanna Keller. So thank you.
1: I did endorse Frank Boykin. Um, and for those of you that are listening that may not know, I was in the primary for this race and mm-hmm.
0: unfortunately did not advance to the general election. But um, yeah. So I will say this. I will I actually my comment. I have some hopes for Deanna. I really do. I, I have talked to her several times personally and she's smart, she's capable, she's been running a business for years. All I – my threshold is so low for many of these races. For the port, it's like I just want someone who's going to ask questions. She, she's not,
3: you know, 20 years retired and right. like uh, – yeah, which yeah. is almost the entire port mm-hmm. commission at this point is, is a bunch of retired people. Yeah,
0: and I think she will – you know, if the port CEO comes in and says, well, here's this great thing we're doing, blah, 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 I think she won't just sit there and smile. I think she'll say, well, let me ask you some questions. And that is – that is like all I want at this I,
1: point. You know, I'm 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 obviously a little bit biased here, but what I would point out in that race was she's supported by all the same people and organizations and groups that support every other port commissioner there mm-hmm. that, you know, did not want environmentalists or progressives to win anything. I just have little faith that there's going to be any change whatsoever. Yeah. So also she's an ice contractor. So I, I really hope she shuts that down soon.
3: Channel two five three reporting on that for anyone who is
1: uh...
0: Yeah, and, and for me, I mean, yes, you can call her an ice contractor. That's technically true. I don't necessarily think providing plastic boxes is is enough for me to say blood on her hands. But we'll see. We'll see.
3: I think uh, Justin is right. I don't see the port dramatically changing any direction uh, with her in, in a seat there.
0: Well, and I'll, and I'll say this in this transition to the next race. I will feel a lot better about the whole thing. If Kristen is able to push through and win the port race, because then you really have a change agent, as well as I'm hoping someone who's willing to ask questions and and push ba- you know push back a little bit.
3: So so Kristen Ang has uh, um, is in the other port commission race. She has 49.19% of the vote. Uh, Dave Bryant has 50.24. So he is winning. There is almost exactly a thousand votes separating them now here's the thing in the same way where I saw that like Lisa Keating could make up a thousand votes mm-hmm. I don't know if the same dynamics exactly hold in the county like it might but you've got just so many more uh you know red parts of the of, like I don't know if the same if the same yeah. applies it's a bigger pool so maybe a thousand votes can be made up more easily um it does mean and and I feel like I I kind of predicted this a little bit that you would have a lot of uh, people voting for Deanna Keller and Kristen Ang, because because mm-hmm. that, that's what that requires mm-hmm. is, is people marked it for those two, which is an interesting. The yeah, TNT it's an interesting. And and, and yeah. I, I think yeah. you I think you have some people who who really liked Kristen Ang, who wanted her on there, um, maybe didn't want three of her, you know, like like three mm-hmm. environmentalists, but like wanted that represented. Mm-hmm. Um, it'll be interesting to see if she can overcome that thousand votes. I th- I think she has a shot. I think Lisa Keating has a much
1: l- more likely chance, just because. Mm-hmm
3: my understanding of the demographics, but the crazy she's thing ab- close.
1: The crazy thing about that race to me is Dave Bryant, and I remember this being on the trail as a candidate. Uh, I'll be honest. A lot of people in the Tacoma world, at least, didn't seem to take him seriously earlier yeah. on. And I remember a Republican family member telling me very early that people were not going to vote for Schlumpf. They were going to vote for him. And it turned out this person was right. And mm-hmm. he raised relatively little Hardly money. I mean, money. he didn't... Um, I think I think people in Tacoma forget that Pierce County is really, really big. Yeah. Uh, a lot and, of people there. And it's a very big world outside of Tacoma. And so his strategy, from what I could tell, uh, was basically to shore up the vote everywhere outside of Tacoma and then just get a basic threshold, maybe 30 percent in Tacoma, mm-hmm. which is not a bad strategy. And, I mean, it may, it may have paid off. But if there's a learning here of this, I mean, he – of the six candidates that were in the running, he raised the least amount of money of all yes. of them. Uh, he – you know, he just came relatively out of nowhere and mm-hmm. was able to, once Shelly Schlumpf was out of the race, he locked up a lot of her support mm-hmm. and a lot of her endorsements, but also just kind of did his own thing. Mm-hmm. Like, I think he would have kept going even without that kind of support. So yeah. he, maybe he, that just gave him a little wind at his
3: at his sails. He was the favorite to win despite all of that just because of the the, dyna- the dynamics of yeah. that race. And but what does
1: that tell you, too? I mean, does this, you know, does it suggest that you can you can run a competitive race in a county as big as Pierce? Without a lot of money and without a lot of institutional if, backing. If, if, if you are, you are a white, white male, male a of a certain age, Republican. a Republican, a, who has a, a background yeah. in the
0: military. Yeah. I mean, his his background is very attractive to a lot of people.
1: You know, and I, I talked to him a couple times, and and he never struck me as somebody who was going to go off the rails. He, mm-hmm. wasn't, he wasn't wanting to come in there and burn it all down or, right. you know, saying anything crazy Trumpian like that. So... Um, you know, I'm still rooting for Kristen, but for sure we'll we'll see what happens. Well, in
0: a weird way, too, and I am strongly rooting for Kristen. I think that would be just fantastic. But the thing that, even if Dave Bryant is elected, I think he also is not likely to just accept whatever the port um, CEO tells them I think he's likely to ask some questions and likely to say that doesn't really make any sense to me. And I'm thinking back when I say this and you might think, why are you thinking this long? Well, uh, there was a, a whole thing back a couple of years ago about the port putting money into the campaign to thwart a voter initiative in Tacoma about right. you know getting having to get vote approval before the water's used. And you know it was bad that the port put its public money into a campaign it's not allowed
1: and then tried to argue that it wasn't subject to pdc rules yeah. on top of that yeah
0: and i just think so and and i, I had the distinct impression at all points in time that nobody on the port commission was really doing any kind of serious are you sure that's a good idea i have some questions can we get some more information and so that's the problem with having you know, five individuals who have close connections already with the port, who are retired, who come from a different economic and age demographic than most of the people in the area. The,
3: this is a good time to mention, I think, that um, the Puyallup Tribe was very supportive yeah. of Kristen yes. Ang uh, and of me too, Aaron. and put a lot of money in there. And and that this is a new thing in our. Uh, community you know i mentioned where i thought the power has previously been like you've got to start adding the tribe to that now because they're willing to spend in a way that they have not in the past and i think that's because of what's happening at the port yes i think that's because of you know the new casino and that they know that there's going to be you know issues that have to be managed with that um the tribe is becoming a major player in tacoma and Pierce County politics in a way that has uh not been I the
1: case think they before. always have been they're just at a kind of an interesting transitional point themselves too. I mean they're David Bean took over as chair and uh it's a newer younger generational leadership. I think they they have a different approach than some of the people that were mm-hmm. here I don't think They're spent
3: like this though. They no haven't they haven't. Like no they
1: definitely haven't. But it, but I think you know some of the prior leadership had been through the fishing wars and you know their are mm-hmm. different experience. their experience with Tacoma politics was generally not good, and they saw little reason to play around with it. So I think I think with the current leadership now, they're going to be taking things a different direction.
3: And but, for an interview with that leadership, check out the
1: Crossing Division episode that Evelyn <laughs> Lopez did with the l- new leadership of the tribe. I think yeah, and Candace Rude. was really right. good. I, I guarantee what's going to happen, too, is in the future, candidates are going to be looking through PDC reports and trying to figure out who they can hit up for donors and for donations, and they're going to see the people tribe putting $4,000 or spending at the PACs. So now they're going to want to go kiss the ring of the tribe. And the question for me is going to be are candidates going to be more willing to challenge the chamber on LNG? Are they going to be willing to take up tribal issues on uh, fossil fuels and land use? And I I don't know that I can say confidently right now that a lot of them will. They'll want the money and then kind of try to not take a clear stance of, of Well, they're not going to
0: get the, – they won't get right. the repeat so money I, if I hope that.
1: if people – I hope people are taking this seriously. If they want the tribe's support, they have to understand the tribe are the first people of this nation – uh, and of this region. And you're going to have to be a partner with them and work with them on their issues and not just view them as a piggy bank for your political aspirations. Yeah. Well said. I
0: agree. I agree. So initiatives.
3: Uh, what do we have? We had two initiatives mm-hmm. um, and I only have my county r- wide results. Justin, do you want to start with one of these? Um, uh, well, I guess let, let's I start with the one that was pretty clear. Uh, Nine, seven, six
0: six is pretty universally passing around the state. It's
3: going to pass, and that's going to reduce a car, uh, car tabs to $30. It's going to cut a sales tax on vehicle sales. Um, And my understanding, and and so that's going to just cut Um, sound transit funding. That's going to do a lot of things like that. My understanding is is that some people think it's going to be overturned. yes. Why is that? Cuz I don't actually fully understand why. Well, there's it... a
0: couple of reasons, I think. And I and I should say I I uh, am employed by the Attorney General's office and the Attorney General is um, required to Right now you are? Mhm. Oh, I didn't realize. Yeah, that i went back to work. <laughs> <laughs> i went back to work part-time in July. Yeah. And So is this uh...
1: an official opinion or just <laughs> No, it's not an official opinion. But this is the, not legal the Attorney
0: General's office is required to um, uphold um, The law of the state of Washington. So once an initiative is passed, then the AG's office is often in the position of arguing why it should be upheld, even if a lot of the people in the office think it's terrible, it's rubbish. So I'll just say objectively, it sounds like just even from our discussion that there's more than one subject matter. In that, mm, yeah. Which is right? all an in
3: initiative is, can do.
0: Yes. And the reason is, is because you're saying to the people, vote for this and you'll get this result. And if the people are confused, they say, I really want $30 car tabs. I'm not sure about this other stuff. Or maybe they want the other stuff and not the $30 car tabs. That's why you talk about your um, – you know that you need to have a single issue in your initiative. So they don't they probably don't have that. That has been a problem for Tim Iman all along. I personally am convinced that he doesn't care at all and He's that making he money every and that exactly no he will make more money if he if he gets a flawed initiative before the people they vote for it and the Supreme Court overturns it because then his next time around he can say look how they're all against me. You need to give me even more money. The court's corrupt and all of that. And it's really for him, he's making a lot of money running the initiatives. It doesn't really matter whether probably not
1: that much money, though, if he's able to go steal chairs out of an office depot. (laughs) I don't know what that that was about. That was crazy. So one of the the things that I've heard from this,
3: even if this is overturned, Mm -hmm. that process takes time.
0: It does take time. And in the meantime. And in the meantime,
3: funding dries up for a lot of things that we care about, especially in Tacoma, you know, light rail to Tacoma and things like that. Or what it
0: really is, is it's really the planning. So it's sort of like the money that was planned to be here this year is here. But the money that next year was planned for now may not be here. Right. And so you have to then start cutting everything to make your budget for next year. And so things like the high-speed rapid transit bus line on Pacific, does it move forward? Do they start issuing contracts? Probably you know, not. Probably not. You we know, probably go all to the of back of the line, I'm guessing. Well, uh, you know, on something like the the sound transit expansion perhaps i mean you know it's just it throws everything into uncertainty yep. because something might get overturned by the courts it might not the other piece of the of the initiative that really concerned me was this we have a regional transportation authority for taxes. That's our sound transit. Right. Why should the people in Walla Walla or or get, to o- get to overturn the fact that we have already voted yeah. to tax ourselves? This was a
1: question I had about it too. So if you take a look at your itemized car tabs when you pay them every year. So here in the city of Tacoma, we have a $20 mm-hmm. car tab fee and that just goes straight to the city. Uh, there, A lot of cities have that. Seattle, yeah. I believe yeah. it's 80 eighty or $100 for that. and you know so i couldn't quite tell if obviously sound transit was has republicans have been trying to target sound transit for a while and they don't like it and it kind of plays against everything that they claim to stand for but uh you know is this basically saying, "Hey, cities can't assess those yes. car tab fees anymore"? Yes. It can only be the state. And the other problem, too, from what I heard, is uh, the tabs aren't even going to be thirty dollars. There's still going to be something that will be allowed. To... I don't remember all the details on this, so I might have read that completely wrong. Yeah. But
0: no, they start out, and and the initiative actually says that in the future, local governments can vote to add more and increase the they fees. They have to be voter so, approved, so, not, but, not but elected the,
1: body approved.
0: But in the past, I mean, that is that is our RTA tax. Right. We did vote for it. We did. The voters did approve the sound uh, transit. There, there's
3: another part of this, too, to my mind, which is just like, objectively speaking, billing someone $300 for their car tabs is not the right way to collect that Absolutely. It's a super and, regressive and, tax. And there's got to be a better way. And maybe with Democrats in control of the House, the Senate, and the governorship, this would be the time I think I saw Sean Robinson tweet about this last night that like mm-hmm. like it all Transit always feels like an extra in our system, right? Because it it's it's funded in these ways, and maybe there's some better way so that we're we're not um, we're not taking it out of out of someone. I mean, like like I get my my bills, and there, there's all of these fees plus the hundred dollars for uh, you know having an electric vehicle and right. things like that. Like and, and they again, just added I, another fee to that
1: this year too. I,
3: I pay it because I want these things, but it's but not it's, pleasant. It's, it's it's and it's like a oh man, April comes around and it's like right. here's an extra four hundred dollar bill, and no. that's not the right right way to collect these, these it's funds. It's not. And
0: if you consider, you know, there are a lot of families that have a really hard time paying yeah. for these. It comes once a year, all at once. Uh, and it's very difficult. There, very there, difficult there to There should manage. be a
3: better way. And yeah. maybe, maybe our, our legislature and our governor maybe. can figure it's this out. Maybe. It's certainly worth looking it would, at. It's really, I, I don't like that any time... The, this can just go to an initiative i six nine five, which started the whole thing. Mm-hmm. But that was the one that started this back in the nineties. Yeah, yeah. I, I, it's just like there's got to be a better way, and maybe now's the time to do it because this is this is just
0: it's madness. I it's,
3: think it's, it is. Yeah,
1: and i i I honestly worried about this one from the very get go because i I would talk to even people that were very pro transit and they voted for Sound Transit three, mm-hmm. but. They're like, man, this is painful when I renew these car tabs. I mean, it's hundreds of dollars. And it's kind of a catch-22 because you've got some people where transit is not yet serving them and their needs. You know, we want to get it there. but So to tell these people, well, don't drive, take transit – they just, they, can't they can't because the transit and, service doesn't exist yet, but then we also want to charge them a lot to we, drive for you it.
3: You know, Washington voted for a gas tax in, like, 2005 or 2006. Like, like mm-hmm. we have supported things like that when it's for roads, mm-hmm. and that's not one that you feel in any given moment. Right. It's, like, just a little bit more per gas, you know, per every time you fill up your gas. But, like, this this way of doing it where it's, yeah. like, here's a bill for $300, $400, whatever it is, that's hard. That's hard to do. There's got to be a better way to fund yeah. it, and, and I completely I agree. calling our legislature agree. to figure yeah. that out.
0: So we'll see what happens. I actually think that, that the, the long-term impact of this will not be as devastating uh, because I think parts of it will be overruled, if not the whole thing. But I agree with you 100%. Um, put it, making big card tabs is just a recipe for disaster.
3: It's got to be a better way. Got to be a better way. The other one we have R88. Is that right? Yes. Referendum 88. This is on uh, affirmative action. Um, and it is narrowly losing.
0: Yeah. Now, I've seen some sort of election big brain people say um, with the ballot still to count in King County, like, it like may... Like half
3: of them are still out in yeah, King County. Yeah, and it like may that.
0: trend in a way that King County pushes it over into approval. So I, this
1: one, I think I think a lot of people got confused about what this was. So
3: Anytime you have a referendum, Anytime it's there's a
1: referendum, it's like if you want to kill affirmative action, you vote. Uh, or if you want to maintain the ban on affirmative action, you have to vote reject. Right. Whereas if you want affirmative action to be allowed, you vote approve. Mm-hmm. So um, people got really confused about that, I think. But I I began to get nervous about this one a while back because I thought the messaging from the reject campaign they they seemed to be much more. I mean their their bullet point was keep discrimination illegal. Exactly. Yeah. And I started seeing that targeting in they they had signs up in hilltop and yeah. in majority people yeah. of color neighborhoods. Uh, their online advertising. I mean, I'm, I I'm a strong supporter of of R and I was still getting targeted with like, you should, you should vote against us. Keep keep discrimination legal. Let's have equality for all. And this well, was the reject campaign. And
0: if you looked at the campaign finance records, the um, the reject campaign was significantly uh, Asian funded. Significantly, I mean, lots of people who were from uh, Asian restaurants. And um, high tech, and I mean just the names alone it was very, very deep. and I talked to I did an um, episode with April Sims, who was in the pro 88 sure. campaign, and April said it's this there's a national group that is the same group that is behind the Harvard admissions lawsuit, which was challenging the idea of Harvard using race and other things for admissions. and really what it was was it's a you know fi- primarily group of um, Successful Asian immigrants, immigrants, and their concern is is that our children will not benefit from having more affirmative action because our children are, you know, doing very well in school and getting admitted into the best colleges. And if you start taking other things into consideration, it's it's a takeaway from us. And I don't necessarily think it is a takeaway, but I think when you get that dynamic going. It's very very difficult. Nor to does it, it
1: obviously represent all Asian
0: perspectives. Well, certainly not.
1: Either. I mean, so that's a. So
3: so April Sims a, was quoted in Crosscut this morning. We still think there are a lot of votes to count in King County, and we are carrying the county by a pretty comfortable margin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So she thinks that's where it's going to come in. The uh, opposition to to that
1: says there's not enough to make it up. I have no idea whether that's I don't true either. or and not. And if I, I don't if either. I understood this correctly, this just pertains to public contracting, correct? And public no. organizations. It, it doesn't apply to private sector at all. No,
0: not private sector. It's public contract public employment and public universities yeah that's it no, yeah. no private even right.
3: even a even a 50 vote 50 plus percent plus one is still a i mean that would it would make it law but it's still very tight for
0: yeah, for yeah. A, it's hard something that I was it's really... it's very hard you know that when affirmative action was taken off the table um by i-200 it's very hard to put it back together You know, once you've sort of done away with something for so long. Also
1: a Tim Eyman move. Also, uh, yeah,
0: Tim Eyman and John Carlson and all of that, you know, that group. Um, But if they can do it, great. Good for them. If they can't do it, I know I've got some people who want to come on to a future episode and talk about other ways that you can handle race and employment and, you know, work through some of these base inequities that we have. Well, that's
1: uh, So when I was on the city council, we got the results of the disparity study that had been underway for a long time. And that basically took a look at uh, who owned the different firms that the city was awarding these contracts to. And surprise, surprise, 90, I believe it was literally like 96 or 98 percent of them were white male owned firms. Mm -hmm. So they weren't owned by women or from people of color. So this is definitely a documented problem. And I think what some of the opponents of affirmative action that just don't necessarily understand what it means, they're missing that you know it doesn't mean that there's quotas or that there's a requirement for those people if they're not the right firm. But right now it's so skewed that those those firms don't even have a chance to compete. Mm-hmm. So, I I'm fingers crossed for this one, cautiously optimistic it yeah. still pull pull through.
3: Um, any other statewide things that we want to talk about? Those are the two initiatives.
1: There's a constitutional amendment. I don't think anybody really paid that much attention to it. There wasn't really a campaign for or against it either way. Yeah, for yeah, increased sort of for... emergency powers or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I some, didn't see so, uh, anything for or against it either way. Yeah. It passed.
3: Um, you wanted to say something about King, you said.
1: 27,000 advisory votes. Um, oh, oh a... I would like
3: to, There, there is apparently <laughs> a Senate bill to get rid of advisory Good. votes. Um, for those who are listening and don't know and who maybe wrestled with them, Um, It's, I think, also a Tim Eyman initiative that says any tax increase or removal of a tax break has to go to the people for an advisory vote. Right. That is a non-binding vote that's just like a poll of people, like, what do you think about this, that tells Mm -hmm. the legislature. And I think that voting is a sacred right in our country and to have – a page and a half of advisory votes that are ultimately meaningless is discouraging to voters. It makes them feel mm-hmm. like things are too complicated. They have to wrestle with these things and then they find out that it's meaningless. and then they're mad. like it's it's a terrible system. yeah, and it should go away. The
1: definition of it is really so broad, too. It's like they they define as a tax hike letting a corporate tax break expire. You know, right. if, it was, if it was meant to be a five-year tax break for a company, let's say a Boeing or somebody, and they don't renew that, he's counting that as a tax hike, so we all have to vote on it. Get, get mean, rid of advisory votes and, and maybe,
3: maybe up what it takes to get an initiative or a referendum to the people as well because, frankly— Governing by initiative, as I think California has shown, is really difficult.
1: I think um, our current system is fine. He's just figured out how to game it. I mean, he's – Well, he's I actually the...
0: think it used to – I think it used to work pretty well before you could do paid signature gathering. With the paid signature gathering, it allows people with deep pockets to come right. in and, you know, and pretty much I, – I don't know
3: if, if the legislator would – legislators would have passed gay marriage before the people. Like I think that yeah. that is a great example of where the people said this is something mm-hmm. that we wanted – um, but well, I feel all like all of our m-
0: open government back in the 1970s was a true initiative of
3: the people. I, I feel like most of most of them are are we, you you have to just keep fighting for for basic government and yeah. and we should let our legislate yeah. legislators do their job.
1: Imagine that.
0: I agree. You know the other thing that I felt this year, I felt a couple of times in the past, but it's sort of a you know a get over it type of thing. Is I don't like having the local elections in um, odd years. I don't, you know, I think that's one of the reasons we see low voter turnout. And these are really important races. And I know the idea of moving them off of the even years was so that they didn't get overshadowed by legislative races and other races. But I think that just means we don't get the turnout.
1: Yeah. I think it also depends highly, unfortunately, on things like uh, income. Income Mm -hmm. is shown to correlate with turnout. And, you know, when I parsed out Seattle turnout and Tacoma turnout. Unfortunately there were some pretty big disparities there. Mm-hmm. And Seattle certainly was higher profile this year. I mean, Amazon spent unprecedented yeah, yes. amounts of money to yeah. try to try to flip their city council to, mm-hmm. to candidates they saw as more favorable to them. Um still tracking some of those races looks like they're they're gonna get at least one of those. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a couple more than that actually. Uh, but I, but not, I think not I looked, as maybe was, as much as they wanted. They targeted for, five and I think they were on track for two or something, something like, like that. But two or three. It's it's kinda I don't think it was three, but um, it'll be interesting to see, you know, as, as we talked earlier about Tacoma growing and changing and being in mm-hmm. this transitionary period, as that happens, will we see more more engagement? I mean, if you look at historic voter turnout, it's actually kind of depressingly low around here. Mm-hmm. And so people have not felt, you know, either compelled to turn out or that they had something worth turning out for, or they just we're too distracted trying to survive. Right. So let's see if we can start to flip both of those things and get people more engaged. Because as you just said, this is really important stuff. And it's decided ultimately by the people who show up. So mm-hmm. one of my focuses personally for the next, I'd say, six to eight months is voter turnout You know, and trying to get more people to actually be involved in participating in the process and also getting candidates that actually – speak to them and their concerns. I mean, yeah. if, if you only have to campaign and win the Chamber of Commerce's endorsements or uh, local Democratic Party endorsements, like, that's not speaking to the average, everyday person.
0: Mm-hmm. So we need
1: to start evaluating those systems and processes.
0: Mm-hmm. I think that's true. So I think leaving you today, check out the ballot drop tonight. Let's see if it changes any of the close races or brings them even closer. Uh, any other final thoughts, Eric? No. Okay. Justin?
1: I'm looking forward to twenty twenty. Twenty nineteen is behind us and you know we've got yeah, governor's we've... race, county executive, uh legislature, Congress, obviously Sheriff. Uh sheriff, yeah. That's yeah, gonna be sheriff. That's gonna be interesting. Uh and obviously a referendum on he who shall not be named with orange hair.
0: Yeah. If he's not impeached first, we'll see. <laughs> Well, that's it See you then. for this, uh, this episode of Crossing Division. If you have ideas for future shows, let us know. You can uh, send me a message on Twitter at True or email truetacoma at gmail.com. Please listen. Crossing Division is part of the Channel 253 Network. Check out our other shows, Nerd Farmer, Citizen Tacoma, We Art Tacoma, Interchangeable White Ladies, and What Say You?
2: Channel 253 is sponsored by Alaska Airlines. I'm Nate Bowling, and I fly Alaska. To book your next trip, go to alaskaair.com. This is Channel
3: 253.